This is Tancred, and you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio? How exactly does that work? Someone get Fernholz in here. I need him to explain this to me. I need to know the law behind this. This is Fernholz. You spoony bard. And you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Please look forward to it. Hello and welcome to Lorecast from Aetherite Radio. We are here uh, today, just a real quick intro. Um, Fusion X and uh, Anwil is joining me. Um, we had a team out at uh, Tokyo Fan Fest recently. We had Ritsuku, Shishikura, and Marco. Uh, they had a chance to sit down with Koji Fox. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of an unorthodox interview. Usually you've got me micromanaging GE a little bit. You've got Otisan micromanaging Square Enix's stuff a little bit. Um, this is just us catching up with the man himself. We did uh, an interview a while back about you know the upcoming lore book, the upcoming music. This is more the conclusion of that. Uh, we got some great info anyway, but come on, who doesn't love sitting down with Koji? Yeah, um, so uh, we'll go ahead and roll that clip for you guys and uh, enjoy Okay, Gamerscape, we're here with Koji. Hi. And um, we're here to go ahead and ask him a couple questions. Sure. Anything. Okay. Well, anything except for stuff I can't answer, and then if it's something I can't answer, I'll just say, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so let's go ahead and start off with the lore book. Sure. Um, the Encyclopedia Eorzea is finally out. How has the reception been so far? Wow, it's been way, way bigger than we expected. Um, we went into it and, you know, we probably, you know, should have done a, maybe done a little bit better with guessing, you know, numbers and stuff, but we didn't think it was going to be that popular. We thought that there was going to be a core group of people that were like, oh, we waited for it, but everybody else was going to be like, ah, you know, I'll just wait for the digital version or oh, I can get that stuff in the lore forms. And, but then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, sold out. Mm-hmm. E-Store, boom, sold out. Waiting list, oh, thousands and thousands of people. It's like, my gosh, yeah. this is great. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Uh, the Japanese version seems to be selling really well. They have an English version here in Japan. Um, everyone's like, I can't read it, but I bought the English version. It's like, thanks. Uh, it's it's selling really, really well. And now I'm just worried that they're going to say, we should make another one. <laughs> when am I going to write it? Oda-san and I, yeah, we spent a lot of time. And while it was really fun, it's like we're doing patchwork and 4.0 work as well as lore book work and it's just got really ridiculous there towards the end but uh, yeah I love doing it though it was so much fun Oda-san loved doing it as well um, we're both really really proud of it and we're glad that it's that it's selling that everyone's loving it I mean yeah thank you thank you everyone who's bought it and then I'm sorry everyone who hasn't been able to buy it we'll get one ready for you um, the encyclopedia seems to have an Eorzean author quote unquote um, yeah. what made you decide to go that route well um, again, when the world that we have in Eorza, when deciding, okay, how are we going to do the characterization in Eorza, and what kind of world we're going to make, this is back in 1.0, um, discussing it with the director then, Tanaka-san, discussing with the lore director back then, uh, Iwao-san, um, it's like, what kind of world do you want to make? Uh, the, the whole idea was, you know, dark, high fantasy, uh, maybe around, you know, medieval times, maybe a little bit after that, 1600s, 1700s, uh, what are we going to do? We had a lot of discussions about it. Um, we decided that, uh, at least for the English, we wanted to you know, give it that feel, um, that it was something maybe pre-Victorian. Um, and so we thought, okay, let's take a look at some of the actual, like 
the bestiaries and encyclopedias and, and things like that that were written back then. Um, and a lot of them seem to be written like, you know, it was a scholar <laughs> of, you know, whatever was mm -hmm. writing to those few people that could read, yeah. other scholars probably. And we thought that it would be, you know, kind of cool to have it something that felt something like that. Something that didn't feel modern, something that felt like it was actually something that someone in Eorzea wrote for other scholars. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's why we decided to go with that type of, I don't know. Um, kind of incorporates it more into the world yes. instead of just, you know, here's the game team giving you the book. Exactly. Right? And, and so we went out of our way to not talk about anything game-related in that book. So if you go in there, it's as if a person who lived in Eorzea is writing that. A historian, a scholar, is writing on that. And um, there are a couple parts in the Japanese where it just kind of straight, there are a, little, a few parts that talk about, you know, game concepts and things that feel, felt very gamey. And so we decided, okay, I talked to Oda-san, is it okay if we kind of shift away for this or this? And he was like, oh, that's, that's fine. Um, as long as, you know, you get the content straight and you're not giving any new content, which we weren't. It was just a characterization issue, but um, he said that was okay. And so um, we also pushed, I, I think I mentioned this at, at the, uh, the lore panel back in Las Vegas, but getting the Square Enix logo removed yeah. from the book. It's just because it's just one of those things. Yeah. We wanted it to feel like a book something. that was something from Eorzea. And if it has Square Enix and the Square Enix logo in that font, on the edge, and it's just like, ah, oh, no, when you put it on your shelf and you see that, it just kind of takes you out of the whole, <laughs> and Immersive. so, yeah. And the thing is, I guess, in Japan, they're required by law, if you want to sell the book in a bookstore, mm -hmm. um, oh. it has to have the Square Enix logo on it. Oh. And so, in, in the Japanese version, it says Square Enix on yeah. it, but the English version doesn't have that on it, and so, yeah. That's nice. Okay, so that kind of leads into my next question. Sure. You said that you moved away from some things, you know, to kind of make it fit the universe better. Mm -hmm. So the rules were fudged a little bit, I suppose, um, to finally put an end to certain debates. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was, I mean, we know that, uh, that there are a lot of things that were left open-ended. Um, we kind of did that on purpose in a lot of things. Um, I've always, I said this at, you know, previous fan festivals and previous talks, is that we kind of leave a lot of stuff open for interpretation in the game. Um, we do that on purpose. We put a lot of misinformation in. Um, one thing that um, both Oda-san and I have always thought is that, you know, you play an RPG and everyone tells you the truth. It's like, in what world does everyone tell you the truth and know everything about everything? It's like, people hear things second, third, fourth hand, things change as it gets passed on. So of course a story is, is not gonna be exact from every single person here. So to make the world feel a little bit more real, we wanted to have people talking about one thing, but everybody have different interpretations of it. And then the players will, you know, talk to a bunch of different people, get the same story from four different people, see what parts overlap, and then try to glean the truth from that. And we wanted to do that. But we, by doing that, you get a lot of people saying, okay, but what is it really? I want to know <laughs> what's going on. Is Nail Vandardus a woman or a man? <laughs> Things like that. And so we felt that this lore book would be a great opportunity to go in and wrap some things up. However, because, again, it is written by a person in the world, and scholars, you know, they have their interpretations of things, and I study this, it must be this, but they're not always right. Mm -hmm. And so there's stuff in the lore book as well that still is open to interpretation. We wanted to leave that. We didn't want it to make it 100% definitive, but we wanted to make it mostly definitive. Because, again, it is the scholars of... Eorzea getting together, putting all of their information together, and this is what we believe. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have parts like the origin myth, which is, again, one scholar 
put together all of this stuff, and this is probably what happened. But depending on who you ask, you know, maybe Menfina felt differently about this god, and so. Um, but yeah, okay. that's how we handled that. And so that kind of explains how the author knows about characters like Eulodarnus and the other side. How Eulodarnus knew about um, the Warriors of the Light and Coils and stuff. Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. So if we speak about Darnus, um, yeah. and and the thing is, the the writer, it's. The, the, Eorzean, the Encyclopedia Eorzea mm -hmm. is not written by one person. It's a mm -hmm. compilation of a lot of different scholars putting their stuff together. And yeah. so um, there are, we also went out of our way to make the style for certain sections a little bit different. So it would feel like it was a compilation of things written by three or four different authors. We didn't want it to have it be in the exact same voice. We wanted the overall voice to be something that was, again, would fit in 17th century mm -hmm. type of English. But we didn't want it to be the exact same person because mm -hmm. we wanted it to feel like, okay, this is this, this guy that knows about, you know, he's a naturalist, so this guy is writing this part, this guy is a historian, so he's writing this part, this guy knows about, you know, organization, so he's writing about this part. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right, speaking of Dardis, um... <laughs> Facts <laughs> of Dardis. I'm going to drive it back to Dardis here for just a second. Okay. Um, now that there is an end-all, be-all, final truth on the matter, do you have any comment about how the backstory unfolded along the way? Um, fans are speculating about the causes of discrepancies, um, but we know how accurate it can be. Yeah, um, well, like, kind of, well, I don't know if we mentioned it, was it mentioned in the book? But, I mean, again, Darnus had everyone fooled. Everyone fooled. Yeah. To the point where have, we could say that Gaius was fooled as well. No one knew. Mm -hmm. And so if no one knew, then pretty much everyone's just going to assume. Mm -hmm. Because she didn't tell anybody, she didn't confide in anybody, she just decided to do it herself. Mm -hmm. And put on the armor and faked out everyone. So everyone was just thinking, oh, it's just, you know, Nail's going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why, again, pretty much everyone that comes to contact, even people that are supposed to, you know, know Neil very well, were just like, they didn't know. And they didn't know till the end. And then finally the truth came out. And now here we are. Yeah. So. <laughs> and of course the scholars didn't know her very well either. Yes, and of so, course the scholars. And so they're going to yes. speculate about what she, you know, she was in the first place. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, the whole reasoning behind why she did, again, that's all just, again, speculation that, oh, that it was probably this, it was probably this. Mm -hmm. The whole, you know, sword, Bradamante as well. <laughs> sad, sad story. So your books, personally, I just want to ask this question really quick. Sure. Um, your books remind me a lot of the D&D &D books. Like how they have like the little clips in there from the characters and stuff like yeah. that. While you're describing, you know, the scholars describing the, the history of the, mm -hmm. of the universe and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just want to mention that. So did you get any inspiration from, say, D&D &D and um, uh, Masquerade or any other kind of like role-playing books like that along those lines? We did look into a bunch of different books when deciding what we were going to do mm -hmm. um, with the lore book uh, in general back, I think it was about February or March-ish, when we were, okay, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. um, we got a bunch of different lore books from other games, mm -hmm. from, uh, we got a bunch of D&D &D books as well, looking at, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, there were ideas uh, to kind of, I don't know, maybe have it be less like a encyclopedia and more like a, we're going to get a bunch of like essays from a bunch of different authors and put mm -hmm. them together. Um, to give an overview of the world, but then that was like, okay, that's probably going to be harder to write. <laughs> Let's make it a little bit easier. Also, um, in Japan, I guess the whole the Kōryakubon, the you know the guidebook 
uh, culture mm -hmm. over here is a little bit different from it is in, than it is in America. And um, you know, they have their certain format that most of these guidebooks have. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very, I know, from my perspective, it's very textbooky. Um, mm. But it seems like what you know a lot of the users over here just enjoy. Yeah. And so the Japanese version is like, okay, we want to do it like this. I'm looking at it, it's like, yeah, it's kind of that's cool, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we can you know change it a little bit to keep maybe that feel, but something that feels a little bit more authentic. Um, one of the things that we did, uh, again, being the whole character profile thing mm -hmm. that you know Japanese guidebooks love oh what is their you know their hobbies and their blood age type. and their race and <laughs> blood type and you know and it's just looking at it it's like yeah that doesn't feel very Victorian does it and yeah. so we just decided to incorporate all that into the text so it's all in there but instead of the profile we put in a quote from mm -hmm. in-game we chose something that we felt represented the character mm -hmm. and put that in and that's one of the biggest differences between the English version and the Japanese version yeah. I just think that's um, a really nice touch like you know how they used to do that with magic cards yes exactly yeah, I mean that's yeah. magic cards yeah. was definitely what we got that from is like you know you have that really cool flavor quote in there mm -hmm. it's like why can't we do something like that and so and most of the characters had quotes already but uh, the Knights of the Round didn't so we got mm. to think up all those uh, completely oh, new right. so we uh, the English team got together we decided on some quotes based on uh, you know, just the characteristics of the, each of the characters. We went to Oda-san and said, okay, we have these quotes. Do these sound like things that this guy would say? He okayed all of them. And so those are all official, but they actually don't exist in the Japanese. So that's one cool thing, I guess. So the next section, uh, music. Uh, speaking of music, did you hear them ch the chance for the Brute Justice in Vegas? Um, there was a lot of passion coming yeah. out of the last field. So uh, I think the primals might go back for it one day. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not a, I mean, it already is kind of a, a rock song, so you'd think it would be perfect for primals, right? Right, right. And so, I mean, Soken and, you know, is really busy, man. Mm. But um, this is going to be our second big gathering with the primals, the first being in 2014. Now we have uh, this one and, you know, getting together for duality. Um, the band members love doing this I mean they all they're all pros and they all have their other work and you know they're working with actually big artists in Japan but they come together for this and they seem to really really enjoy it um, you know we go to the rehearsals and it's just like I love this this is great it's like wow really and so they want to they want to do more and you know so again um, the CD seems to be selling really well I think one of the days we got like fourth on the, the Oricon chart, which is the Japanese oh. music charts. Yeah. Top charts. Top charts, yeah. yeah. It was number four for that oh. day, which is amazing That's for you know game music. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I mean, if people are buying it and people are liking it, um, there's been, you know, maybe some talk about, you know, maybe doing more concerts around Japan, maybe bigger venues, things like that. And, you know, if that works out, then of course, you know, you can't go into you know, another venue with like, hey, we just have six songs and people pay and then you're like, okay, 30 minutes, we're done, bye. Like, what? So there has been talk about, you know, bringing in more songs and yeah, things like, I mean, Soken did definitely hear the justice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, uh oh, <laughs> maybe maybe we should do something about that. So I would say that, yeah, there's a really good chance probably. Uh, speaking about the concert in Las Vegas, um, we heard that was great, and uh, we can't help but wonder, um, though, how your voice is faring with some of the uh, these songs. You know, what kind of toil did these performances take on your voice? Oh man, oh man! <laughs> Literally, after Las Vegas, the next day I could not speak. The thing is, after the after the performance, we all went to dinner that night. For, mm -hmm. You know, we're finished. Hey, congratulations! <laughs> and I was just. 
<laughs> I couldn't order my beer. I had to like poke the person next to me. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, I'm not a singer. <laughs> I'm a translator. Um, I do enjoy doing this, but I, I don't know how to, you know, train your train my voice. Yeah. So I just okay. I need to do it. Ah, and I'm 100% all the time. And they're like, it's practice. You don't need to go 100%. But if I don't go 100%, I nah. And so this time I've been very careful. Um, but last night we had a rehearsal from what was it? We started at like 11:30 at night and went till about 2:30 in the morning. We had to wait until everything was finished. Oh, yeah. And so because and because they were doing the real escape game, that like went over. I think it finished at around 10. 10:30. At 10:30, yeah. and then from then they had to set up everything on the stage. We didn't start actually playing until about 11:30. It's like. You know, this is Christmas Eve, and we're up there on the stage going, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to get Christmas, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, trying to hold back. This time also is, is better, because in Japan Fan Fest, I don't have to be up on the stage interpreting for everything. And so, I mean, at Las Vegas, it's like every panel, I'm there. Then I have my own panel. Then I'm down on the floor. And then this time, at least I have, you know, time in between to rest Press my voice. voice. But I think probably tonight I'll just ah, blow it out. <laughs> but I mean, that's what you do. I don't have to do anything tomorrow. I'm just, I just have to go to work. Right. I have to go to work tomorrow. They're making me go to work tomorrow. This is ridiculous. I have to go to work too. Yay! Work. But yeah, I, I I should probably you know get some tea and honey and learn how to hold it. But I mean, you know, it's once works. once in two months, so might as well. 120. Yeah. percent It's fun. I heard something about boiling ginger and kind of like drinking that extract. Just yeah. burning your throat. Yeah. <laughs> Making it raw and then you're just like... <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Perfect for Sephiroth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next question. Um, obviously, Sokin is the one in charge of music, yeah. but um, do you have any say on uh, the set lists uh, for the shows that you do? Um, the set lists? No. That's, uh, that's all Sokin. Um, yeah, he gets the... They decide... Actually, it's not just Sokin. It's Sokin and the Primals. Mm -hmm. um, and... The, the, the lead guitar, uh, Goon, uh, Gun, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they decide, um, you know, what we should play. They decide, okay, in Las Vegas we did this, in Japan let's do this. Uh, they go on the forums, check to see what songs are popular in certain areas. Um, I guess uh, Las Vegas, I mean, America's at the disadvantage because they're first, so it's kind of more speculation, I think. The American public will like this. <laughs> and then, of course, Brute Justice is like, whoops. <laughs> um, but at least for this one, then we, we, we had a little bit more time because Las Vegas was done, so we got to see, okay, how Japan reacted to that, what they wanted to hear outside of that, and we were able to change up the set list. There'll be some songs that we did in Las Vegas, but then some new ones as well tonight. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a different set list. And then we'll probably have an even different set list for Europe as well. So that should be good. Speaking about the, um, the set list, um, do you have any favorite tracks that you would like to perform? Well, um, I personally, the, the most fun to sing is, is yeah, Fiend, Sephiroth. I, that's, you know, I wrote the lyrics and, you know, me saying it is kind of like, eh, patting myself on the back, but I love those lyrics. Those are so, it's so much fun to sing and just, you know, say my name, say my name. Oh, I love that part. And uh, that's, yeah, that's fun to sing. Of course, Titan is fun to sing. That was yeah. the first one I really got to, other than, you know, Good King, Mago Mom. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Titan was the one where I really got to 
it wasn't a, hey, look at me dance and wear hats. It was actually, I get to sing it. And so that's fun as well. Um, I'm looking forward to the day that maybe I get to do Rise. Mm. Oh. oh, that would be awesome. But I'm just going to have to figure out how to sing that without tripping over myself because <laughs> it was it was uh, a challenge recording that. Because mm. he's like, I want to do like fast rap. I'm like, uh, okay, um, how fast? <laughs> How it, yeah, just write something, and then I get in there, and it's like, this is the tempo. Like, duh, 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 duh. I'm like, uh. <laughs> and it took probably about 20 takes oh, wow. to get to it, where you know, I was actually not tripping over myself to the end. And even then, it was like we cut it up. We took you know a couple lines, cut it. The next couple of lines, cut right. it. And yeah, I currently I don't know if I'd be able to pull it off um, from start to finish without yeah. tripping over myself, but. I mean, it's a, it's a fun song. Um, I know we haven't released the lyrics mm-hmm. for that yet. Yeah. The lyrics are absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, we had like uh, the Brute Justice Metal, um, where it's like the Gobbies singing it, so it's just a bunch of like, you know, Gobby speak. Yeah. Um, this one also we wanted to do in like Gobby speak, so there's a little bit of Gobby speak in this one as well. But it's just, I mean, it's even over the top. I think I swear in it as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should say it here, but uh, I don't know. If, if you listen closely, you might be able to hear me say a certain... Yeah, certain words. Certain words. But hey, you know, we have our, our descriptor, teen, but we have, we have language, mild language, mm-hmm. yeah. um, suggestive themes. I think I got all of those into the lyrics to Rise. So. Is it before Rise with me, Rise with me? Rise yes, it's, it's before that. It's in okay, the, I got it then. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> That's not any innuendo. Rise is not actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, before that. Before that. <laughs> so, um, speaking about the uh, lyrics, the lower, lower form uh, yeah. seems to be getting antsy about uh, some of the new lyrics that has been um, that have not been released. Uh-huh. Um, do you have the plans yeah. to put them out? Yes. The um, Rise, and then also uh, the other Alexander uh, track which is called Exponential Entropy. Yes, those are the two we haven't released yet. We will be releasing those soon. Um, the reason there's been a delay on those is because, I mean, the English is finished, but when we release it, we want to release both the English and the Japanese at the same time. And right now, Oda-san is the one who does the translation for the Japanese. And he is currently 100% working on 4.0 script. And so basically, the upper echelon, the assistant director's like, until he finishes the script, you're not allowed to give him any other work. <laughs> And so if he does it, then I get busted for asking him to do it. So we're currently waiting for him to finish. He should be finished. I mean, I think we're, uh, we're in the process of like wrapping up the script right now, um, getting into recording and stuff. So it should be pretty soon, I would think, once he's translated. And it usually only takes him a little bit to translate him anyway. I mean, I've given him lyrics and I've given him you know, uh, a Japanese translation so he can go off that and get something a little bit more you know, beautiful than my broken Japanese, but uh, yeah. it should be soon. It should be really soon. I know everybody's getting antsy. Everybody wants to know. I saw the YouTube video of the fans who was like, I think it's, they're saying this, and it's just like nothing but nonsense. <laughs> Actually, that's really funny, though, because... Now it's like that's oh I should have said that instead of what I wrote here. I kind of I don't want to actually reveal the real lyrics because the ones on that video are in a couple parts are like oh this is actually way better. But, uh, okay. Yeah. So okay, the next part about development. Okay. We're gonna focus on development between the encyclopedia and recent patches. We've gotten a lot of clarity about the core conflict of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. 
And it's obvious that some names and uh, designs were chosen to harken back to the franchise history. Yeah. But it things more or less back on track with the original plan now that uh, Delamut's taken care of. Uh, was it always meant to be the Crystal and uh, Banished Darkness, its servants and uh, Fractured Universe? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I can answer this. Yeah. I, I can answer it in a very vague sense okay. that there was a story in 1.0 and it was supposed to go in a certain direction. There was even a last boss that we had that was something completely different than what we have now. Um, it had a name, it had art, everything. We knew where the story was going to go. It's just that the story kind of, you know, yeah. got <laughs> derailed a little bit. <laughs> Yoshida-san decided to come in and said, instead of going down this trail, let's first fix what we have. Yeah. Um, went off in a, you know, a completely different direction. Had to change a bunch of stuff, add a bunch of new stuff to make sure that he could get things back on track. I mean, sometimes you have to destroy something to create it and fix it. And that's pretty much what he did. Um, but again, getting back on track, I mean, going to Alamigo in 4.0, that was, again, a place that you were supposed to be able to go to in the original. Um, some of the themes there, some of the themes that we have, uh, I know Yoshida-san has mentioned that we already have like a rough outline of what we want to do for 5.0. Um, some of that stuff in 5.0 is things that we were planning on doing Whoa back on, well, at least, I don't know if he was planning on doing them in 1.0, but he was planning on doing them as an extension of that 1.0 story. Whether that came in a, a different timelines 2.0, uh, I don't know, but some of that story that I remember from that first year that I was on 14, is like, oh, this is where we're going to go. It's actually, there might be some of that uh, in 5.0, or it looks like there's going to be some of that in 5.0 as well. Um, so things are kind of coming back. Um, some things probably will never be realized. Some yeah. of those ideas that we had in 1.0. And so um, there might be a couple things that were hinted at in that old, that original story um, that players will be like, oh, when are we going to find out about this? Probably never. <laughs> but um, things are kind of moving. And then, of course, there's all new stuff as well. Um, Yoshisan has a lot of his new ideas. Oda-san, now that he's and Ishikawa-san, now that they've taken over as main scenario writer, they have a bunch of their own ideas as well. Um, again, it's very... There's always something crazy that's going to happen. I mean, 14 always has a great serious story, but then there's also always something that's like, what the... What was... Oh my... What? And there's going to be one of those for 4.0. People will be like... <laughs> and then, yeah, 5.0, same thing. So it's, I think it's, it's a good blend. I mean, if it's all just crazy, then it's just like, I can't take this seriously. But if it's all too serious, then it's like, it's not FF, because FF is always about having, you know, that fun. Yeah. And so it's got both of those, and I think it's, yeah, it's going to be great. So yes, there'll be some things, not everything. I do really miss that 1.0 boss, though. I thought that boss was going to be epic. I can't say anything. I can't say anything. No. But anyway. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I know you're looking at me like, if you're not going to tell me, just don't even say anything. Because now Go you're going to be like... <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Continue. Okay, 2017 can come any faster anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're, we're about to enter 4.0. And uh, yeah. well, the... Neil first name? Neil Friend? Yeah. yeah it's I, French, though. Yeah. Neil, Neil Friend. friend. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Art, for, from 1.0 seems to have put, uh, been, uh, been put on hold again and again. Yeah. Uh, 
we've uh, had several other 1.0 characters uh, uh, pop up recently, such as yes. uh, uh, I can't read this name. Okay, I can read it. Ross. Rostenthal? Yeah. Rostenthal? Yeah. Ravenchet? Yeah. Uh, Ravenchet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the familiar. The Asian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, familiar uh, faces in the Palace of the Dead. Palace of the Dead, yeah. yeah. Uh, they and all now, come back. They're dead, so. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> what, a, what a better place to come back than the Palace <laughs> of the Dead. Oh, I remember killing you. <laughs> uh, and uh, Demio? Was it? The. the... Ah, Demio? Yeah. 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 The holiday event. With yep. the holiday event, right, yeah. Uh, I think there might be a few more to come. Yeah, yeah I mean, character. Neil Friend, yeah, his story is going to be, we're going to find out. Everyone is always like, you killed him! <laughs> uh, um, we'll find out more about that. That story arc will come up. Him and Fleming, you know, they were the, they were the hot couple back in 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what happened with them? Um, there is, yeah, I mean, now that we've you know, made it this far and we've told a lot of the story that we want to tell, Those, there's always has to be side stories for everything. And yeah. there can only be so many, I want to make some mushroom stew, please go collect me some mushrooms. I know, I know. There'll probably still be some of those quests as well, because everybody needs stew. Yeah, I mean, people mushrooms. in Eorzea have to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and apparently they can't get their own food. Warrior of Light needs to collect food. That's the point. Yes. That's, yeah. We do, because it's, it's you know, dangerous out there in those low level one with those low level one and two ladybugs because <laughs> they're not even they're not even you know they don't even aggro you come on but anyway um no there's a there's a lot of talk i mean again from all over the world japan europe north america i mean it's different depending on the region but there's always some crossover or some overlapping parts and it was like, yeah, we want to learn more about this person. What happened to this person? Bringing characters back. Also, I mean, just the development team as well. Um, a lot of the people on the development team have joined the development team since uh, the launch. And a lot of the people are like, I played 14 and I wanted to work at Square Enix. And so a lot of them were like former players. And so they finally get to be planners now and writers. And they're like, I loved this character when I played the game seven years ago. Now that I can I have, can I write this character? And so there's a lot of that. Um, everybody has their favorite characters. Everybody wants to go in. I mean, my personally, um, I love the Lambs of Delamon. I, I got to create yeah. that that first quest back in the 1.x series, and I I was like, please, for 4.0, can we bring them back? And <laughs> like, oh, that's a good idea. So hopefully, um, I might get to do some more Lambs of Delamon stuff. I think those guys are great. Get the Warrior of Light to kill some more people for them and ma make you feel all guilty for, you know. <laughs> Become a Dark Knight forever. Yes, forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Anything all. Anything else? Yeah, right. that's, that's all. pretty much it. Oh, I got one question, personal question. Sure. Uh, Flamine, the character? Flamine? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that in 1.0 she was a lot, she had a much younger feeling to her than now. Well, it's been a few years, years, right? She's grown up. She was young and happy and in love. And, no, then, and then, you know, the deaths of certain loved ones and, you know, the destruction of the world. And, you know, she probably got hit on the head a couple of times. And, <laughs> you know, it can really, you know, bring a person down. She's, she's been through a lot, let's yeah. just say. Yeah. So, would you like to say anything else to the rest of the listeners or whoever it would be? Um, yeah, I know that, you know, you're probably sick and tired of me saying, buy the lore book, but buy the lore book. And then you're probably those people that want to buy the lore book, but can't because it's not, you know, not on sale. They were like, I can't, I can't believe you're saying, I want to buy it, and I can't buy it. You'll be able to buy it soon. 
You'll be able to buy it soon. The people <laughs> in merchandising know. If it, was, if it was up to me, we'd have printed like 30 million copies of it and I would have just built a house around it. <laughs> and you know, it's handed them out to everybody on the streets, but and that's why I'm not in charge of merchandising. So, um, but yes, there are plans to do you know additional printings, um, and hopefully everybody that wants one will get one. I mean, it's a great book. It's so heavy and leathery, and it smells good. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. I love it. I love it, and um, I really hope everybody gets a chance to get it. Please wait just a little bit longer. Um, you will get one. I'm sorry. I deeply, deeply apologize to everybody who hasn't had the opportunity to get one yet, but there will be a day when everyone has one in their homes. Like refrigerator, <laughs> microwave, floor book. <laughs> Essentials. Essentials. Koji's taking over the world, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right, that wraps up our interview from Tokyo Fan Festival. We hope you enjoyed it. I know the GE team had a blast on the ground out there. Uh, we snuck a few things in that lore mongers have been curious about on like the larger end of the spectrum, but even the mighty lore book hasn't wiped out our entire list of curiosities. So we'll be trying to get something together with Koji and Otis-san at some point in the future. But even before that, we've got one more fan festival to go. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get some stuff about All Amigo in there. So thanks again for listening. And if you want to contact the show, you can tweet at us at Aetherite Radio. You can email us at Aetherite Radio at GamerEscape.com. Questions, comments, anything like that. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoy the interview. And uh, we'll see you next time.